When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of In That Number. We have a real treat for you this week. Not only do we have the Moscow Mush, but you also have a very special guest, the host of Southampton Delivery Podcast, Matt Marchstone. He's going to join us and we're going to talk all things Liverpool, preview next Saturday's home tie against Wolves. We have the usual predictions, fantasy football, and we'll reveal the results of the Golden Player of the Month for March. Probably the hardest month to choose, actually, especially the goal. Uh, yeah, I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Follow me on Twitter at rayhunt 84 my co-host is at Moscow Mush. Follow the show at Number Podcast. Find us on Facebook and now on Instagram on In That Number Podcast. Follow our guest, Matt Markstone, on SFC Dell underscore Ivory. And check out his Instagram on SFC Delivery also. Right, okay, so let's, uh, let's bring in the guys. Moscow Hi. Mush, Kevin Milverton and Matt Markstone. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Oh no, it's, a, it's, it's our pleasure, I'm sure, Absolutely. I speak to Kevin, I say that as well, yeah, it's, it's great for you to actually come on, especially like, like where you're calling from Santa Maria, California, is that right? Indeed, indeed. So like seven, eight hours behind? Eight hours, eight hours behind uh, the UK, um, we actually, we, we switched over to uh, daylight savings time a bit earlier than used to, for a while it was seven hours, but now we're back to the normal, the normal eight, so it's, uh, it's alright, the only thing is it made... Uh, Friday's match a little difficult to watch it from work with, uh, it kicked off at noon, and uh, we used to have an hour-long lunch that started at noon, and now we have a half-hour-long lunch that starts at 12.25, so I get to see about 15 minutes, and then I lose it, for but, you know, I can't really complain. Um, I was going to ask about that, actually, if you actually got to see the game live, because it must be difficult, like, with not just that, like, every game, I mean, if it's like Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff for you, it's like, what? Like six in the morning or something. Seven a.m. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah seven a.m. It's difficult. It's a good way to ruin your day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there were a couple of. Uh, who did we play early on in the, earlier in the season? I. They went two nil up inside like seventeen minutes, and I just started drinking, and that's not a good start. Um, 
That could be anyone. Was it Liverpool? No, I think it was... Was it Chelsea, maybe? I don't remember. I can't... It was somebody that I was not happy with, and I don't know. Because I remember I had to talk to Freddie afterwards, and I just went, like, I have to be somewhat sober. And I was trying to take a nap. <laughs> it was a mess. Um, uh, we were 3-0 down in, in 20 minutes against City. That's what it was. That? Yes, yes, that mm. was, yeah. Yeah, that would drive me to drink at any time of day. Yeah, not, yeah. not great. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. for the most part, though, it, it's not bad because... I get up. I tend to get up pretty early, um, just for work and stuff like that. Not as early as you. You mentioned your schedule before we started recording. That's insane. But um, I get up most days pretty early, and it allows me to do things like this before the family is is awake. And I feel like I'm I'm not infringing on the you know their time or whatever. But uh, yeah, sometimes the the, the the match goes poorly. It's uh, it's tough to turn your day around. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good start for today. Yeah. Um, and the sorry, Kev, go on. Santa Maria, that, that means St. Mary's. So you're one of the few fans that can say that you watch every match from St. Mary's. Oh, there you go, yeah. They, they let me in. Um, it, actually, yeah, good. I was actually going to ask you about Santa Maria. I want to I hear all about it. Well, it's, it's probably the, the most affordable place on the California coast, uh, on the central coast. And you go to Northern California, there's some affordable places, but it's, uh, the weather is more like, like yours uh, in, in England, so not what people think of when they come to California, but... Uh, this is probably the last affordable um, outpost on, on the coast because uh, you go an hour south of me and people like Oprah and uh, Rob Lowe and all of these celebrities live just an hour south and uh, you go a little bit north and, and you have uh, just wineries and things tucked into the into the hills and everything else. And, and where I live, it's just a big uh, – it's, it's a valley right on the coast that uh, – we're surrounded. It's mostly agricultural stuff, and we have a lot of um, a, a, a large Hispanic population, and uh, it's about 120,000 people um, all tucked right here. And we're literally eight minutes eight minutes from the beach if you if you want to go, and it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. Surfing hub. Uh, yeah. The, so there's a place about an hour and a half south that is one of the most coveted spots for surfers. Um, just the way that it breaks. It's if you've ever watched any movie where anybody's driving up and down the California coast, the, the, the road is literally on the ocean and there's a break that everybody wants to surf. And it's, uh, it's the, the mountains are right there. It's it basically oceans, road, mountains, and it's beautiful. It's just, uh, on near Ventura is basically where it is between Santa Barbara and Ventura, which is, uh, it's, it's great. But, um, yeah, it's the, the weather, uh, the the scenery it's it's a there's not a lot kind of happening there's not a lot to do maybe which is was what most people complain about so we get kids that get out of school and they want to move to the to one of the big cities either L A or San Francisco which are are about equidistant um, but then most people wind up coming back because it's it's just a it's a beautiful place but uh, I'm lucky to have been raised here and only lived in Northern California for a couple of years for for school but uh, yeah it's it's hard to imagine leaving the uh, the comfort of this place. So how on earth did you ever start supporting Saints? <laughs> Surrounded by all that, and then you you picked Southampton to... It's not not just the St. Mary's connection, then. <laughs> no, but it definitely helped, though, because I, I, I... So my... I think I talked about this maybe a couple of weeks ago, or I can't remember if I did or not, but um, growing up, I went to private school. Our uniforms were blue. I hate the color blue. So uh, automatically, <laughs> half of the teams were out, um, which is good. Uh, additionally, like I didn't even like football at all. Um, growing up, we didn't play. I played baseball. Um, my son didn't want to play baseball anymore. He 
quit and said he wanted to play. You know, we call it soccer, so he wanted to play soccer. And so I said, okay, well, let's let like my thing is let's let's learn about it. Let's really we're not going to go out and just you know set up the little tiny goals and let your friends run around in a big ball together. We're going to like learn about it and and do stuff and. Uh, so I started watching with my friend who's an Arsenal fan, and after uh, just watching the the team uh, as they came up through the back to the Premier League and stuff like that, it uh, it, it they, they caught my eye a little bit. And then as as, as time went on, it uh, I kind of narrowed it down to three teams, um, all red and white, or all red, as I should say. And one was Liverpool, one was Saints, and one was Sunderland. And uh, I think I've chosen <laughs> definitely I've chosen the right, chose one. the right one. Definitely chose the right <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, I did have somebody go like, hey, like, you know, Sunderland's going to get relegated at some point. You probably don't want to do that. And I said, okay, that's fair enough. And and I looked at where they were, um, just kind of way up north and looked at the weather and said, that that doesn't seem fun. <laughs> um, and where I live, uh, I, I, I will be honest, I looked up Southampton and saw that it, according to the Wikipedia page, you know, it's got the, one of the most, it's one of the most sunny places in, in uh, on the South Coast or in England, period. Um it was accessible from London, it uh, you know, which is the cheapest flight from LA to London for me. And um, then you kind of look at the at the academy system, which is, is something that I really uh, enjoy and I, and I think is important. Especially my uh, my baseball team, the Houston Astros, are uh, they have a, a pretty good farm system and they, they've built a lot of uh, had a lot of joy through that, and especially World Series win a couple of seasons ago. And um, the the kind of final thing was I work at a school I work at Santa Maria High School and we are also the Saints and we are also red and white and it just went like this is this could not be more perfect you know it's got everything that I want um, and now you know I can wear the jersey to, to school on Fridays and nobody says anything because I'm wearing school colors and other than, the fact that it, other than the fact that it says virgin across the chest which I work with a bunch of high school students which they find hilarious um, that's uh, that's the only thing but it's and it it's a good conversation piece if nothing else Brilliant, yeah. Although I'm sure you were supporting Sunderland last weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you actually managed to visit St. Mary's or the Dow? I have. I, I visited St. Mary's last season, uh, just about a year ago, actually, um, for the Women's World Cup qualifier against Wales. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, I, the, the, the weekend before, I went down to uh, the London Stadium Um was there for Mark Hughes' first match when we lost three oh, nothing. So that was my my introduction to, uh, to to Saints football in person. And um, was going to try to come over for spring break this season, but uh, it's an away trip to to Newcastle, and I just wow, yeah. kind of went. I think I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a fun place to go, though. Yeah, I've, I've never been to Newcastle. I've always thought I would like to go, but then they they position their away fans like right up in the nosebleed, don't they? So you can hardly hear them. That's the mm-hmm. Genesis Park. Yeah, they do, and I think it would have been it would have been a good away day, though. It would have been oh, okay. a, a good experience, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure I can convince the family to to fly over there for 11 hours and then yeah, spend a bunch of time on a train. Of yeah. uh, all the interviewees you've had on on your show, is there any anyone that sticks out in your mind as uh, as surprising or unusual or, imp- or impressive? Well, I mean, I, I guess I would say that. I always try to find guests who are doing something in in it like I it's fun to talk to fans, but I also like to talk a little bit about there's usually a part of the beginning that talks about kind of what they do in relation to the team, whether it's you know whether they run an Instagram account or they run uh, a Twitter page or or whatever it is. 
And and one of the guys that I got to talk to early on was Andrew Walker, and he of course did uh, a show, a podcast before I did, and he stopped because he moved to, to Switzerland. And and having him come on the show and having him kind of uh, a lot of stuff off off record, you know, that didn't make the actual episode. Just talking to him about. Uh, why he started it and kind of what he got out of it and what his kind of it was it was a way for him to talk with with two of his friends or three of his friends make sure they got together similar to what you guys do and and it was a, it was a good excuse for them to get together and do that and he was really encouraging and he you know helped me out a lot and so that for for that that was that was super super impressive um, and then I think one of the other surprising things is I've had a couple of guests um, come on the show that. I'll get on, and, and the last message I got one kid, uh, the last message I got before we actually called was he's like, hey, if my voice sounds a little weird, like, don't don't be upset. And I was just like, listen, this is an audio thing, so if your voice sounds weird, I might be upset because this is kind of what the show is based on, is us talking. And then he, uh, he told me, he's like, well, I'm only like 14. And I was like, well, I read a lot of 14 and 15-year-old writing, and I could... And I, and I would have never known that you were only that old. So uh, we got on. His dad talked to me for a second, and uh, we had a nice conversation about his writing and why he likes it. And for me, as a high school teacher, um, I, I thought that was really cool. And just the fact that he could – he was a little bit nervous, but he was also putting himself out there in a world – like Twitter's a pretty brutal place. Yeah, so, so I think those two uh, kind of stand out. And unfortunately, his name at this point escapes me, which is – uh, my students will tell you also happens with them. So it, it's nothing against him. He's, he's fantastic. But um, yeah, that, getting on the phone with him and him being 14 or 15 years old and, uh, you know, some of the, the cool stuff that, that people are doing who are not, you know, full-blown adults, no degrees, they're just, they just enjoy it. And I think that brings something to it that, uh, that, that, I, that I, I appreciate, I guess. Oh, that's excellent. That's, really, that's re- really impressive. And um, after how many is it now? 110, 112? Episodes, yeah, hundred and this will be one hundred seventeen when on Tuesday when it comes out. Okay, so we can't blame you if you don't remember everyone's name. That's a lot of podcasts. No, and I, the spreadsheet I think is missing a couple of weeks of names too, which is not. That's my own fault for you know drinking at six a.m. or whatever some of those days. <laughs> right, yeah. Kevin and Matt. Hello. A bit of news. Um, Kevin, do you want to start off having news? Actually, no, I will. Um, we actually talked off air. I said about uh, me winning the uh, Grand National yesterday. Well, not me personally, but... Well, I think a horse yeah, won it, didn't yeah. um, I actually put some money on the on the winner. So, yeah, I'm pleased with that. Good start. All right, pints are on you. Uh, it was only £5.50, but... All right, half a pint yeah. on you. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought I'd put that out there. Um, so, yeah, good start to the weekend, that was. Um, so, yeah. Congra- congratulations. <laughs> Uh, I think it's like a one-pound steak, but yeah, that's good. Uh, Kev, did you have any news that you want to start with? Got a few things. Um, yeah, Mario Lamina. Um, his injury. I mean, he's been having a few niggles that have um, seen him out of training, so he's not going to be back in the squad anytime soon. Although uh, Hasnou apparently thinks that he may be playing towards the end of the season. So yeah. Yeah, no. Like to see him back no, soon. Need to rush him at the same time, though, is there? Um. I don't know. I think competition for places uh, in midfield that could, that could be a good thing. Uh, I think you mentioned this um, off off air, but uh, yeah, Wolves—they're interested in Cedric Suarez in the summer. You heard that did, too. Uh, did you? Um, what did you think about that one, Matt? You happy for Cedric to go? 
I think so. I think we definitely need some right back cover. Um, but uh, Cedric would, what, and who knows how how legit it is? You know, it's he's Portuguese, and that seems to be all they care about. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. that, that's I, I'd be okay with that. Um, you always wonder if he's going to come back to, to haunt us at some point, but he, you know, he doesn't seem to be in Hasenhutl's plans, and he was. Uh, 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 solid enough, you know. He he does what he does, and he's not having a great time in Italy. But yeah, I, I wish him no ill will. So if he moves the wolves, that's fine. And we just have to have somebody. Um, there's got to be somebody in in the squad that can play right back because Valerie can't play every single match always because he's going to get booked and he's going to get injured at some point just because that's the way it goes. Exactly, and especially the way that they play with the wing backs as well. You want to see him getting forward and back quite a lot. So yeah, oh, I definitely think we need someone to. As as cover, but yeah, I'm not I'm not too. Yeah, but you can't have a you can't have a European Cup winning right back on the bench though week in week out. It's just a waste of resources. Take the money, take yeah. the money now. Um, yeah. The England game at St Mary's. Did you hear about that? September the tenth against Kosovo. Kosovo. Yeah, so you did hear, yeah, cool. Um, the last England game, seventeen years ago against Macedonia. In 2002, I was actually working at the stadium that, and I remember that game. I could not believe it was 17 years ago. Um, although Matt may correct you and say that there there has been an England international yes, okay. Mary's. The, the <laughs> if we were on my show, I would have corrected you, but I won't oh, do that to yeah. you on your show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll step in and do it for you. But yeah, that's not definite, is it? Because uh, I heard that it just still hasn't been decided yet. No, it looks like it's going to happen, but yeah. Um, it would be great if it would. Yeah, and I also heard about like the Saints under-23 uh, lost the Hampshire Senior Cup semi-final to Basingstoke Town. Hmm. Yeah, that's quite a ding-dong battle, apparently. Oh well, yeah, ten men, but yeah. And, um, well, I mean, they went 2-0 up and then we managed to equalise um, in the first half. And then we go 3-2 up through Will Ferry. And they equalise again. Uh, our man Tyreek Johnson gets in the fourth goal and it still wasn't enough. Mm. And, yeah, we were 3-1 up on penalties as well and still managed oh, to throw it away. Oh. So. oh, God, <laughs> yeah. it was like it was not, not meant to be. Oh. Terrible. I think if yeah, if uh, Mark Hughes is still manager, we'd be saying, well, they're just getting them used to it early, throwing away these leads. But <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah, but fortunately, we're we're all aboard the Hasenhutl Express, and he's been nominated for uh, Premier League Manager of the Month in March. He has. Um, I remember him being nominated in January, but um, yeah, he, he lost out in the end, didn't he? Um, James Ward-Prowse he's up for player of the month not just on your beloved in that number podcast but um, also the uh, Premier League and uh, goal of the month uh, James Ward-Prowse's free kick and uh, Valerie's won the goal against United they're both up for goal of the month rightly so yeah you can vote until the 8th of March uh, it's 8th of March 8th of April <laughs> uh, so yeah get, get your votes in vote early vote often Good stuff. Anything else? Uh, that is all. Um, right, should we go into the Liverpool game? Do we have yes. to? Yes, we do. <laughs> okay, okay, so, <laughs> lost 3-1. Opener from Shane Long after nine minutes. Uh, Naby Keita with the equaliser. Mo Salah and then Jordan Henderson with the second and third goals for Liverpool. Uh, starting 11. 
Angus Gunn keeps his place. Bednarik Yoshida, Vestergaard at the back. Valerie Bertrand, wing-backs. Romeo Hoiberg in the middle. Uh, James Woodprouse and Redmond. Uh, and then Shane Long up front on his own. Any surprises with that at all? Well, uh, because Ings, he's on loan from Liverpool mm-hmm. officially, he can't play. So that's left us with a, a bit of a conundrum of who to put up front. I was expecting Austin to be in there, if no, I'm being honest. I, I thought Long uh, was going to go. Just for pace against Liverpool, hmm. counter-attack and football. And against Liverpool, yeah. we know what he can do. Yeah, I just think he he's more of a Hassan Hurtle player. When he's fit, definitely I think Shane Long gets the nod. Yeah, he, I, th- I don't think there's any surprise in, in Long being up there. If Ings is, is able to play, you assume he's going to play. But I think Long fits that style. And as much as maybe we don't want to necessarily play that style of football, I think the the high-intensity kind of stuff that we were going to do and the pressing that we were going to do, that is Long's game, you know? And, uh, I mean, I, I was just talking uh, earlier, it's it's hard to imagine he's somehow scored 50 goals in the Premier League, and, uh, you know, we complain about him not scoring, but he managed to do it again against Liverpool, and so, uh, you know, you can't... Uh, you can't complain too much, I don't think. Absolutely not. Um, bench was McCarthy, Stevens, Austin, who came on. Gallagher, Armstrong, who also came on. Target and Sims. Owen oh, Sims came on uh, towards the end as well. Um, so just um, one other thing. like we, we, we have now switched back from uh, going five at the back to four at the back, and now we're back at five at the back because uh, Vestergaard's back. There's a lot it's of facts in the sentence. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, do you think the idea was to to frustrate Liverpool or uh, or to press them? So, I mean, is it a three or or uh, a five at the back? Um, I, actually, I think it was probably meant to be a five initially, just because it, the way the, the pressure that you knew that Liverpool were going to provide. You know, they they were always going to going to be a threat, and uh, I think that that. The formation, I think, defensively is going to be like a five-four-one, uh, and then when we are transitioning, which we did relatively quickly and, and impressively most of the game, um, it quickly becomes a, more of a three-four-three. Um, I, I guess, or maybe a three-five-two. I don't know exactly, but the the, the wingbacks were definitely doing a lot of the running and providing a lot of the width. And I mean, if you look at where Bertrand was for that opening goal, that. Mm he crossed it from pretty early on you know he wasn't he wasn't pushed all the way to the byline or anything he just kind of flipped it in there um and not to get away from the formation side of it but uh Hoiberg's run for that was just amazing but Mm. um but yeah I think I think it was it was meant to be a 5-4-1 when we were playing uh defensively but I just think the most impressive thing was the way the team just kind of pressed as a whole and we forced you know, uh, the ball was seemed to be in the air uh, because of challenges going in, and the ball just kind of squirting up in the air and, and all over the place more often than it was actually on the ground and being played, which normally I wouldn't like, but I really enjoyed it because it just frustrated Liverpool for to, for portions it's of the match. You asked that actually, Kev, because when I mean I always look at the team sheet about an hour before, well, when it comes out about an hour before kickoff. And I always, wherever I check, I, you know, you've got the 11 players there and it's different people always seem to put up that five or the three differently. When I, look, when I looked on my phone, yeah. I saw it as a three and I saw that five-man midfield. When I watched the game on TV, it came up with a five. And I thought that's probably not a bad idea, as you said, as Matt said, against Liverpool. Yeah, we don't want to be going up too much. We, we, if we can get a nice, solid back line of five, and it's like in transition, that can always change as well. So, yeah, it was interesting to see 
how you know how they played it. But yeah, I I like you think they went with five at the back. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, again, like you said, they, they were playing very very high like um, throughout that first half. I mean, more Bertrand than mm. than Valerie. Uh, but yeah, as you said, like they all seem to start um, all of our counter attacks right, right from the back, uh, from either Birchand or, or Vestergaard, um, and then yeah, Redmond and and Hoiberg managed to make some incredible ones through. Like yeah, like you said, the, the, the that Hoiberg run was was something else, and uh, yeah, we we were very dangerous along along that left wing, and yeah, I I, I didn't see us. Uh, Going into half time, anything other than one nil up, but yeah, they definitely laid those hopes to rest in spectacular fashion. Uh, that second goal, I mean, it it is definitely offside when when Salah gets the ball uh, to make that run to the edge of the area. And I mean, it goes manages to go across the box about what, three, three or four times. Cross coming initially, and it was doubt. Yeah, I thought Saints defended well on those first two crosses. I thought they did they did all right with it, and the third one, they Kato would come out and just yeah. I think it was Bednarik who was well. It looked like Bednarik and Vestergaard were standing in a line as the ball came across, and Kato just got up and yeah, it was a it was a good effort from Gunn as well. Napped an equaliser. Very good. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> so, the, the, the opening Saints goal as well. How Matt said about the run from Hoiberg. If you look look back at it as well, he wasn't anywhere when Bertrand had that ball. He was nowhere. Mm. And then yeah, so the run come in, nice little flick over, and then Shane Long. Yeah, you couldn't miss that one, could he? Even Shane Long. He was he was surprisingly um, composed and controlled for Shane Long because I mean yeah, even at that range, you think that you're probably going to sky it. But yeah, he managed manages to control it and, easy, and yeah. yeah, just <laughs> send it um, away. Yeah. Before the Liverpool equaliser, um, could have been two 0 The Shane Long, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> just been too much. Yeah, yeah. How important what could that have been? I mean, do Liverpool come back from two 0 down? Quite possibly. I mean, we we've seen us give away two 0 leads before, but I. You have to think that the amount of pressure that's on Liverpool right now, yeah. that you kind of we're kind of, you're kind of just waiting to see them crack, and I think we're all expecting it. Um, I don't know if you have read either of you have read outside the box, um, but there's an entire chapter uh, kind of written, uh, I think, from a Liverpool's perspective that kind of uh, you know they have all these all these uh, you know d- top division kind of trophies and it's it's basically this t- this tale of man united catching them and um it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to 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 read and and so i've never seen liverpool win a title and and when i was watching them early on they were you know we finished above them yep. uh, one season and so it's it's this is all new to me and 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 you know then checking up on the history so you don't sound like a complete moron when you talk about things it's it's important to realize that they have been kind of one of these they're 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 a big global kind of brand and team and and they they have been super successful um in in the league and internationally so it's uh right now i think we're all just kind of expecting them to crack because we all want it um <laughs> and and it's not just saints fans i think it's it's a lot there are a lot of people uh, who don't want them to win the title so it's uh you know, it's 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 
it's this thing right now where I really wish we could have we could have been the ones to to sink their title hopes, but it's yeah, it's all right. I'm just thinking if they had gone two 0 up at that point, going into into the half at two 0 up, maybe change the tactics a little bit. I think his substitutions would have been di- well, they definitely would have been different. Um, I'm not sure they come back from that. And this, bearing in mind, this is Saints. I still, I mean, I even predicted that Saints would win this game as well. I did actually say off air to several people that you know this one's going to be the one where they uh, they come unstuck. Well, you predicted it last yeah. week that we were going to win two one. And I don't know. I I, I, thought I was when we went one nil up, and even when we were at one one, I thought that maybe Ray was right and that we could pull it off. But yeah. I mean, we just didn't have quite enough momentum to, to give them anything else. I think when Shane Long runs out of steam, and, you know, what are your options then? Well, yeah. Austin, I mean, Sims, like, Sims didn't really seem to be have the pace that he'd had in previous games. No, and I think at that point, they had, uh, Klopp had pulled, put Milner in over there, and he, I think if you, if you watch the match beforehand. Redmond and Bertram are having a really good time down that side and Liverpool's fullbacks attack and are I mean we talk about our guys being high pushed up on the wing, but their fullbacks are are, are probably more so and they're in a four, so it leaves it leaves more space um, in behind. So it's no it's no surprise that that uh, we were kind of getting some joy down there and then I think him putting Milner in over there, who I I didn't admit this earlier, but I've, I've said it before. Uh, Milner is is one of my favorite players in in just in world football period, um, and that says a lot about me, I think. But it um, watching him come in and, and kind of just shut things down for them made me mad. But he uh, he, I think that that probably did more to limit Sims than just than did just Sims not having a great day, maybe. But maybe I'm just trying to give Sims a little bit more credit because I. I think he does have that ability to, to kind of change games if he at, at times, you know, and he's done it before against Liverpool when we, uh, you know, in the, in the EFL Cup semifinal, uh, he made that run. So, um, yeah, but he didn't he didn't have it uh, Friday night as much. But uh, I, I overall, I mean, other than the result, it's it's hard to complain about uh, maybe how we how we performed. I thought we did oh, overall pretty well given the yeah. given the circumstances. I think the result's not so different from uh, when we played Liverpool away under Mark Hughes, but uh, the performance itself, um, you can come away from it feeling a lot more positive uh, yeah. this time than that time round. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was a completely... The, the, the result did not do us justice whatsoever. We didn't deserve to lose that game 3-1. But, it, we, you know, when we went 2-1 down and then we made those substitutions... It, it's it's still really really positive to see that they're not they're still going for these games. I mean they've got nothing to lose now. They they go for it. They take what they bring Austin on. They bring Sims on. I think Vestergaard come off, didn't he? Yeah, Armstrong attacking. Mm. Um, and I said mm-hmm. at that point, Saints going to lose this game four or five one now. All right, didn't quite get that. Yeah, I was just you know the third one came anyway. Um, but at the end of the day, you know we were going to lose that game, so. But well, I think it's it's fair play that he takes the risk yeah. and, and makes that roll of the dice that so we go, go to the four three three with uh, Armstrong and Austin and Redmond and yeah okay if we lose we lose but if we could do get a goal we've got a very valuable point at the end of it. Um, Matt, I know I've, I've probably spoken to you about this before. And I know I have with you, Kev. But where do you stand on on VAR? Are you for it or not? I mean, 
I think I am. Uh, I've seen things like this with with baseball, where they've they've brought in some some you know uh, replay systems, and uh, in baseball we also have the the strike zone that uh, is is put up for every batter, and so you can really see. And you, the the problem is you have guys sitting in the dugout who decide to look at the screen before they start arguing with the umpire, and it's, it's it puts the umpire in a weird situation. But I think with the uh, with VAR. I think the chance to get the games right, as long as the fans in the stadium know what's happening, as long as it's communicated to them that they are checking something and we get more calls right, great. But I don't think it's going to solve everything. I think we're still going to have issues. There's still going to be um, there, there's still going to be something to complain about. I think for fans who who want that, which I think is all of us at, at some point. Um, and so, you know, the the, the solid goal. If a guy doesn't call it offside right there, I don't. I'm not sure. There's been some discussion that it wouldn't have been called off. It wouldn't have been called yeah. back because there were so many other chances to to clear it. But in that moment, um, it, it, if the roles are reversed, if Liverpool are up one nothing and Chainlon makes that run, I'm fairly certain he gets called offside. And I don't think it's anything that the linesman's doing consciously. I just think it's it's part of the uh, it's part of what happens when you're playing. Uh, a, a big team like that, and, and Mo Salah, who was, you know, outstanding last season, and maybe he just gets the benefit of it out more often than than a guy who who is Shane Long or Charlie Austin or, or even Nathan Redmond. Yeah, Kev, are you still not changing on your opinion? Um, I, I, I'm going to have to, yeah, side with Matt um, a little bit, well, at least take some of his arguments that uh, for the fans, it's not enjoyable to sit there for minutes on end whilst the uh, what, the players don't know what's going on and the people in the stadium don't know what's going on. If we can see what the referee's uh, seeing being played back just like you would uh, on TV, on the action replay, then, yeah, I think it, it could be um, a good uh, a good thing for, for everyone. But whether it's going to take away the controversy or not, mm. I, I don't know. I mean, Matt, in, in baseball, uh, is there still... Are there still controversial decisions made despite uh, video action replay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's for me, watching it real time in baseball is actually probably easier. Uh, I think more times, the more times I watch a replay, sometimes I think I tend to get the decision wrong more often, and it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's really frustrating. And and for and the same thing in the NFL where they have you know is it a catch is it not a catch is it a fumble is it not a fumble like I can never tell and so at this point I've just stopped trying and I just go I'll just go with whatever they go with and it'll be okay or it'll be what it is and you just got to play the game out um, but it's you know I think for things that are black and white you know was he offside was he not offside it maybe that helps a little bit um, I think it'll be. It's going to be it's going to be difficult. I think I don't think it's going to be uh, uh, you know as a seamless transition as much as we want it to be. Um, and there will still be mistakes made, and that's I guess uh, for me that the human error part of it is what kind of makes it interesting sometimes. So uh, I don't necessarily want to take that all out of there, but I would like to get you know uh, things things correct m- more often I than not. In, I think in the NHL as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they they use the video referees for for offsides, and they're always right. I mean, it's always not obviously. It's not obvious to the naked eye, you know, real time. But when you look back at offsides, it's clicker. Um, the only thing that they get wrong is, is the goalie interference. And again, that's still, you're still going to get the controversy with that because I don't think they have a clue with that. But the NFL hardly. I mean, I don't think the, I think the NFL does a good job of it. Yeah, uh, they it, well they they limit it too, yeah. right? Like the number of challenges exactly, you yeah. get. Um, and then uh, inside two minutes uh, of the of either half, it's it's 
only down to the officials to call it. And so there's a, there's a guy looking at it. Um, but they have a guy essentially sitting in the booth who's looking at it, looking at it and then tells the referee, you need to go, you need yeah. to go check this out and you need to go look at this and they'll do that. So, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to imagine, uh, uh, Mauricio Pochettino or somebody throwing a, a flag onto the field saying, "I want, oh, I want that reviewed because the play doesn't stop the way that uh, that that N- the, N- the NFL yeah. works." You know. Oh, I just think you know, like ninety nine percent of the time, if they get it right, ninety nine percent of the time, you're still going to get that one percent that gets it wrong, and this it's going to be magnified, and people are not going to want it. So I still think you're going to have that, mm-hmm. which is why I do think it's essential that we have VAR next year. I, yeah, the, the positives far outweigh the, the negatives for me. And I don't think the timing factor is a good enough reason not to be using it. I mean, I get, I get, I get that, especially because you're talking, you're talking millions yeah. of dollars that the team gets relegated versus, you know. But then people, people will make the argument that, that you didn't get relegated on that one decision. But, it, it, you know, it's, it depends on how you want to look at it. Because you can argue it, I guess, either way for, forever. It's, but... Uh, the more often you get the decisions right, and the more informed, and remember that the, the fans in the in the stadiums are the ones probably who matter the most. As much as that sounds, I, I realize I'm saying that from California and can watch every game on TV, but um, I, I think it's always important for me to remember that the guys that are there, uh, the men and women who are watching, that they need to be informed because that's they make the. Uh, you can see the difference the crowd made on Friday night versus uh, just go back to any game at home last season when the crowd didn't really care and the, the atmosphere was toxic and the games just weren't as exciting because the crowd wasn't kind of driving everybody forward, you know? Uh, but, yeah, we, I think we did say that yeah, Shane Long's hit 50 yeah. goals and Mo Salah in, in the same match doing it. Uh, Mo Salah managed it in, in 69 games and Shane Long in 278. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing that statistic. That is quite amazing. I didn't, I didn't hear that. I normally, I normally first on those ones. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Take your time, yeah, Shane. That's all right. Okay, so yeah, this match saw uh, the two managers meeting for the first time. Um, Ralph Hasenhutl meeting Jurgen Klopp, or as they call him, uh, the Schwabian Hasenhutl. Oh. <laughs> that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so fed up of people calling Hasenhutl the, yeah. the Jurgen Klopp yeah. of the Alps. I don't think it deserves <laughs> to be reversed. Um, my man of the yeah. match. Uh, cut a long story short. Uh, Yannick Vestergaard, like throughout the whole match, just from beginning to end, uh, every time he got the ball or managed to head it away, I just thought, thought yeah. wow, you know, this is the player that we didn't see at the beginning of the season. Um, and that our goal, that Shane Long goal, started from um, Vestergaard um, hoofing out to Bertrand on the left wing. And yeah. I think he was key there, and I didn't really understand why it was him that uh, that came off uh, to to make a back four. When I think that um, Bednarek was probably the weaker of the yeah, three. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, with that, yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I mean, when I was watching the game, I was taking some notes, and I did put, I made sure I put every single block that Vestergaard or tackle that he did, and I was like, yeah, he's, he's in contention for for man of the match. I think he had a good game. I thought um, Yoshida had a couple of key blocks as well but I think I, I've got to give it to Hoiberg I just think he was excellent all through the game and especially the, the lead up to the to the goal 
when Bertrand had the ball, he was so far back and he saw the space right in mm-hmm. there and, and set the and set the goal up for long. Just his all round, you know, the way that, what he brings to the to the team as he's captain now is also. I just think yeah, Hoiberg for me, outstanding. That run was beautiful. And did you have you watched match of the day? Because they made absolutely no mention of uh, any Saints player no, whatsoever. No, no, of course, of course they didn't. I was, uh, I mean, I was watching the game on Sky, and I had to put up with Jamie Carragher commentating. Um, so yeah, no, I was, I was really, really angry at the end of the game. I think I, I, I say so the Russian commentators I aren't that irritating. Make out whether I was, you know, because I was talking to a load of Saints fans after the game, and they were all like, "Oh well, you know, we played well." I was, I was fuming. I was I was looking for someone mm. to blame. I mean, I posted that thing on Instagram about the offside. I was like, I, I was angry, and I couldn't figure out if it was because Saints lost or because Liverpool won. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit of both. I just don't want Liverpool in the league. I just can't. Well, yeah, and I think I think now we have to look at Liverpool at the top yeah. of the table for the next you know nine days or whatever it is. I think that's the irritating part. Yeah. And knowing that we could have played some part in their downfall yeah, this exactly, season, yeah, I think yeah. it would have been. And it's like I'll, I'll take Man City winning the league for the next ten years rather than Liverpool winning it once. I mean, I, I can I can handle a Man City fan saying, "Yeah, we've done it again." Right? It's just another trophy. But if Liverpool do it, my God, they're not going to shut up about it. I'll be hearing it for the rest of my life. Never yeah, hear the end of it. Yeah. I'm not having it. Um, Matt, um, any man of the match for you? Well, I mean, you look at match ratings and things like that, and, and Vestergaard is by far the, the highest-rated player for us, and and so you understand that. And but you were talking about Hoiberg's run uh, for the goal, and, and um, we had a throw-in that kind of led to that. We lost the ball. Hoiberg won it back. He kind of passed it back to Yoshida, who passed it to Vestergaard, who whipped it out to – or not whipped it out, kind of rolled it out to, to Bertrand. And you can see Hoiberg making that run from so deep and Bertrand just kind of flipping in there. So – um, the the only reason I won't give it to Hoiberg is because as captain, I think there were points in the game where we could have taken it, uh, put our foot on the ball and held it just for a second because it was so we were playing so fast on the counterattack that we were throwing so many men forward that it it was I was always worried that we were going to get hit on the counter um, ourselves, and so I, I think that if he would have just at one point just said you know. Put your foot on the ball. Hold on a second. Let's, you know, let's manage the game a little bit. Uh, give ourselves a second to, to kind of get composed and things like that. I think then he gets it. But he's he's just he's just he's young. He's a young captain and he's a very energetic player. And he's not a guy who likes to put his foot on the ball. He's a guy who likes to go, which is all what we want because we don't want um, what we had at kind of the past two and a half seasons uh, at all. So I don't want to return to that. But I just think that. Just for a second, it would have been there. So I think all that said, I think it has to go to uh, to, to Vestergaard just for some of the defensive performances he put in. And then also um, bring up Maya Ishida uh, when Firmino managed to flip it over Vestergaard's head, which is hard to do. Um, <laughs> and then Yoshida came in with whatever that was to block it. Um, I just thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was that on, on Cater? Because they were shouting for a penalty. In that, uh, I think the only person that was shouting for a penalty was Jamie Carragher. <laughs> and the away end but yeah um, anyway so that leaves us 17 still 5 points clear of Cardiff we're on 33 points now um, but you know the positives out of that we don't have to play another top 6 team again for the rest of the season and looking at like the rivals that are you know the relegation rivals around us uh, Burnley have got a really tough run in have you seen it no well Burnley mm-hmm. have got well they've got Cardiff at home then they have to go to Chelsea they've got Man City Ooh. 
Everton away, and then Arsenal at home. That that's not good. I know they. I mean, they had a big win against Bournemouth yesterday, which you know gave them a little bit of you know a bit of, bit of space. But that the last five games for them are going to be tough. I mean, compared to us, we've got Wolves, Newcastle away, Watford away, Bournemouth, West Ham away, and Huddersfield. I, you know, there's some winnable games there. Um, but Burnley's fixtures. Yeah. And Cardiff. I mean, Cardiff has still got to play Liverpool. And they've still got to go away to United on the last day of the season. So looking at everybody else's fixtures, I, you know, who goes down for you? Uh, for me, I think it's the teams who are down there now. I, 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 I have a hard time finding them getting, getting anything out of that. And get, I mean, now the gap, we're in 17th right now, but the gap is five points. And I can't. It's hard to see Cardiff City picking up two wins and us not getting another another single point. Yeah. You know, um, that that Burnley game that, that that's two teams with something to play for, so that could be interesting. Uh, I guess the best we hope for is a draw, maybe. And if we if we're trying to move up in the table, we're just trying to survive. We want Burnley to win. Um, but then, yeah, it, it, they still have to play Liverpool. Uh, they have to play Fulham, who's got nothing to play for now. Um, but the last day of the season, they have United, who, who at that point could still be fighting for a top four spot. Although since they've given Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the uh, yeah, the, job yeah. <laughs> the permanent job, it's kind of it's kind of taken a, a nosedive. So I don't know how that's going to go. No, I mean I, I tend to agree. I think wait, looking at the table now, Cardiff in 18th on 28 points. That Burnley game is crucial. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would tend to look, looking at it right now. Cardiff will probably go down. They'll probably be joining uh, Huddersfield and Fulham. But I'm just looking at Burnley's fixture. I can't see Burnley other than that Cardiff game. I can't see him picking up any points. And you know, Cardiff has still got to play Brighton and Palace and Fulham. So yeah, I think it's going to be tight. Yeah, yeah. Brighton have got some. Yeah, tough Brighton have got, well. They've got Cardiff, um, Wolves, Spurs, Newcastle, Arsenal, and City. Yeah, I mean, it's the Spurs, Arsenal, City that you think. Mm. But I mean, they don't need to get much out of it. Is if if Cardiff are going to somehow win like three of their games or four of their games, then those other teams are going to have to start worrying. I don't see it happening. I'm, I do still think Cardiff going down. Yeah. the The only thing that worries me about our schedule is. You look at those matches, Newcastle away and West Ham away, and both of those were 3-0 losses last season. Granted, we're not the same team, but that I'm looking at those going, that's not great. And I haven't seen us perform very well in the last day of the season in the last couple of years either. Um, I think it was Stoke year before last and then and then Man City last year, which we played okay, but we didn't win. And so I, I, I'm, I'm just worried about that uh, a little bit. So I don't think we're going to go down, but I, I, I'm a little bit worried about about those things just because I have a uh, West Ham away the London Stadium is I still have nightmares about that that particular match last year having having been there and being really excited and jet lagged and then just getting kicked in the face by Marko Alnatovic twice <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are both games that we've managed to throw away leads oh, we were at the West Ham as well, as well we yeah I mean, we were just awful in that second half yeah there's definitely reason to worry a little bit but I do yeah I think the pressure's off now I think that, that Brighton win was so crucial for us um, I think yeah I think we can breathe a little bit um, so next week 
uh, Saturday the 13th, we have Wolves at home. I've got a little bit of a confession to make here, guys. I, I've really enjoyed Wolves this season. Uh, and I, I, I'll put yeah. that I actually said, as soon as they got promoted from the Championship last year, they go straight back down again. Um, but, yeah, I said, really? I said that to guys like that. I said, Wolves aren't the sort of team that are going to stay up. But, you know, obviously not knowing the money that they were going to spend. But they're eight from the Premier League now. And as we speak, they're preparing for a FA Cup semi-final too. Um, it's been brilliant. It's been really good watching them. Um, and I said, yeah, they've brought in, you know, they've been re- really, really active in the transfer window. I don't know how they managed to get Rui Patricio. Um, Diogo Jota as well. Gial Martino, Traore, Johnny... Then Donka Jimenez, they brought him in on loan as well. Um, mm-hmm. Seemed to be Cedric Suarez. It's yeah, basically yeah, the Portugal yeah. national team. They've done, they've done some good <laughs> business. Um, and like um, Nuno doesn't really tinker with the team a lot either, does he? He's got like he, he sits with that five at the back as well, and he, they've got some chemistry for a team that's made wholesale changes. He's done a bloody good job with them. Yeah, I mean, they clearly all speak the same language. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, they are they are surprising. I don't just um, not just in the way they've been playing, like yeah, brilliant counter-attacking football, but also the inconsistency um, and that they can lose to Huddersfield um, and draw against beat Chelsea United, and then beat Man United twice and still I'm lose to Burnley. Man United as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they they they've been fun. Um, because you mentioned, you know, they haven't been great against the teams at the bottom of the table. But I think if you look at the teams at the bottom of the table and the style of football that all of them play, we're much different than all of them. Um, and so I think in us, they might find the ideal opponent in we are going to press them and try to force mistakes and perhaps leave ourselves a bit open, while at the same time, we don't necessarily have the quality of, of a Liverpool or a Man United or other teams like that. So they might find this to be the, their, the best matchup they can hope for because we're going we're gonna to go come and play, uh, which is what they want. It's the teams they can beat when they do that, and we're not necessarily um, quality-wise maybe the, the, the best, even though I think our players are – I'm not saying our players aren't very good, but I'm just saying that the, there's a difference there. So I think we play – we're starting to play more and more like a team who is – towards the top half of the table, which is the teams they can oh, beat yeah. versus... Uh, uh, so I'm a little bit worried, but um, I think it'll be an exciting one. And uh, it's it's worth getting up at, uh, you know, whatever time in the morning. It looks like it's the standard 7 a.m. kickoff for me, so that's not, that's yeah, not I bad. I think Ralph has set up the team now to go and have a go at everyone. So, like, yeah, you're right. I think he will, well, he's got to, he will have a go at Wolves. They won't sit back. They'll try and win the game, whoever they play. So, yeah, that, I didn't really think of it like that, but that is a bit of a worry. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Sorry, I just uh, yeah find myself like agreeing with everything I said. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like it, it depends which Wolves team turns out, but <sighs> it's a tough one to call. And I guess you could ask me for a yeah, predicted score. Prediction, yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna. I've got the privilege of going first and going with a one-all draw. Oh. Exactly what I was going to go for. I, I can't see Saints winning this yeah, game. You, no, you I still do that. I can't see. Yeah, I can't see a Saints a Saints win. If I'm honest, um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in the game. But yeah, okay, I'm going to stick with my original decision. I'm going to go one-one also. Um, what about you, Matt? Okay. Well, I don't ever 
like to predict Saints losing, um, so I won't do that. Uh, but you guys have both gone one month, so I can't <laughs> I can't do that either. Um, so maybe I, maybe I will amend it a little bit. I I think it will be two one, and I am going to say that I think Saints will probably not get anything from this game. But I, just because of the things that I that I mentioned, I think Wolves will. I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll be uh, an entertaining kind of affair, hopefully. And uh, but I do think Saints will wind up um, losing the match two one. Cool. Um. So predictions so far, Kev. Um, I stupidly predicted a 2-1 Saints win, as we said before. But, having said that, I did say that we take an early lead. I said Liverpool would equalise, and then Saints would go and get the winner from the spot. So for about 80 minutes, I was looking like a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, right up, well, for about 10 minutes, from the 78th to the 86th minute, yeah. oh, I was yeah, spot on. Because you had a, a 2-1 Liverpool, uh-huh. so yeah. Another reason to hate Jordan Henderson. Oh. Exactly, that nutter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was two points for you and none for me. So the, the you know the running scores now fifty to forty-eight in my favour. Wow. Uh, but I've I've gone it's safe now. I've gone for the same result as you. If I just do that for the rest of the season, you can't beat me. So. Uh, well, yeah, I've got to bear that in mind. So if you go first next time. Next time yeah. um, fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we have uh, some fantasy football. Okay, you can leave me out if you want. Yeah, sorry. No, my uh, little app here has just reset itself. I promise um, next season I will take it more seriously and we'll go for it. You really haven't this time, I, I must say. Every year. Uh, ten points to you so far. Every year, mate. I, I, sort of like, I really, really zone into it. As soon as October hits, I'm just like, Ugh. I can't, I can't be bothered to change my team. I think I've kept Danny Ings in the whole time. <laughs> and Bertrand. And they've had extended uh, uh, lo- uh, uh, layoffs, and I've still kept them in. But yeah, I, I, need to, I need to sort it. Yeah. Well, you've got Will Hughes in. Um, he's not even playing this weekend. Will Hughes? So I don't want to be playing that now. <laughs> have I? Yeah. <laughs> Tell how long you haven't really your team for. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I, I reckon I imagine he's going to be subbed in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Danny Ings wasn't playing, obviously. Uh, so yeah, you've got another 14 points on the bench to come in. Uh, so it doesn't look that bad. Uh, 29 for me so far. Let's forget. Oh, Teller Light. Sorry, 42 points. Blimey, where did they come from? No idea. Sure? Um, Matt Matt uh, got 34 for this week so far. And it looks like our winner is uh, none other than Laura Maratzing with 44. Oh, nice work. Uh, she's tied with uh, Craig Harris's Harris Saint Germain. But yeah, again, a couple of matches to play today, so uh, that could all change. Uh, and, and I've cheated this week. I have, uh, well, not cheated, I guess. Taking a free hit. Oh. Yeah, um, I just had too many holes. And, and I don't really know. Um, I, I, I've played fantasy baseball before, and I played in a league where you had to change your team every day. Yeah, yeah. So it's just an insane, like, commitment. And so this, like, once a week, I will forget sometimes because it's, you know, I'll wake up and it'll be Friday night at, like, midnight. I'm like, I have, you know, I have four hours to get this done. I should I should really do this. And then so I sit there for a couple minutes and do it. But um, the, the, the free hits and, and things like that always kind of worry me because I always I have this like big sense of dread and I finally just decided to use it this week and, and just make the team as good as I can and, and let it be. And um, my, my whole thing is just don't come in, if I don't come in last, 
then I'll be okay because I think there are definitely some people who go like that American guy over there. I hope I beat him, and as long as I beat somebody, Don't I'll worry, be okay. You're beating me. Well, you joined the right league. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely joined the right league. Um, last week, because we had a double game week, uh, we we were halfway through sure. the game week when we put a podcast out. Um, so there's quite a few in the 90s. Uh, David Mackney got 90 points uh, sure. for the week with his Depot TV's cows. Uh, 91 for You Got the Silver, Tim Marshall. 95 for Andy Legs, That's Andy. And uh, Lucas Griffiths' Gibbardini got 97. And mm. even better than that, 98 points for Craig Harris's Harris Saint-Germain. They're just shitting on everyone this season. Um, I want to take the opportunity to announce our first uh, manager of the month for March. So, um, in third place, Lucas Griffiths has uh, got 223 points for March. Uh, Marcus Fangio has got 230. But with 248 points, it's none other than Matt Markstone's Southampton delivery deliverance. What? So yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> well, this is an honor, and I had no idea what was going to happening. <laughs> oh, the, that gold-plated trophy's in the post, so... Uh, well, I'm sure the post costs more than the gold plated trophy. So, <laughs> um, has anyone got any? Has anyone got any players? Uh, I did. Bami Yang's on the bench. I think I have him. I've got Lacazette as captain. I don't know if you guys want any spoilers. But um, Everton winning one nil over Arsenal. Oh wow! So, yeah. Well, that's. That's not ex- that's not expected. I have Rich Allison and, and I still have Hazard to play, but uh, I don't have any Arsenal players. I've got but yeah, he was on the bench. Great. <laughs> More misery. I've got Rich Allison and Lacazette. Oh. I, I took a flyer and went big on the uh, the Leicester City players holding Huddersfield scoreless yesterday, oh. and that didn't happen. So I had two Leicester City defenders and Michael as goalkeeper, and it, it didn't work out. Do they concede one? Yeah. Yeah, but the clean yeah. sheet gets you, gets you extra. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, and you, you didn't have Vardy? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He's a big scorer this week. Um, Kev, player and goal of the month? I don't know this, by the way, so this is yes. a surprise for me. Um, well, we had four candidates for uh, player of the month. Uh, Oil Romeo, James Ward-Prowse, Pyramid Holberg, and Jan Valerie. And with 53% of the votes, it's... Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. You can't expect that. He's got his England call up in March as well, so yeah, I think that's yes. just about right. Mm-hmm. Um, four goals for goal of the month. Uh, Jan Valerie's against Man United. Prowski's against Man United uh, and Spurs. And Hoiberg's against Brighton. Uh, Jan Valerie has it 46%. Yeah, that was my vote as well. Although it was, it was, like I said at the start of the show, it was a tough one to call because they were all really good goals. Yeah, and amazing. I, the um, Prowse, I suppose it was a little bit further away. His free kick against Spurs got more uh, votes than the. I don't think it's maybe because of the moment. It was like ten minutes to go against Spurs, and it got the they got the three points. Um, mm, right. It's a very yeah, important goal. Yeah, the importance of it as well as the you know the, the how technically brilliant it was. But yeah, it was difficult. And I, it, the, the Hoiberg goal against Brighton was really good as well. I said before it was just a real real tidy finish, but. 
Yeah, I really like that. Nice, like, good um, one-two there with uh, yeah, Edmund. Yeah, I'm a little bit sorry for him. But, yeah, OK. Well-deserved, anyway. Any other month yeah. might have had it. But, yeah, well done. Uh, Kev, did you have a chant for Josh Well, I'm, I'm not giving you a chant until you oh, give me one. I was looking forward to that. Um, we, I think we might as well do it next week. Anything else you want to add this week, Kev? Uh, yes, our, our new traditional Russian mm. phrase. Uh, you can both join in with this. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay, so um, I'm going to teach you how to say offside so you can shout it at the television uh, when Mo Salah gets the ball. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we didn't agree with uh, that decision, so the Russian for offside is Vne agree. Vne agree. Vne agree. Vne agree. There we go. Yay! There you go. So you can, you can start shouting that at the telly when... Uh, when they're outside. Just whenever my son gets the ball, yeah. Well, it sounds quite similar to, to the, the Russian word for a black man, so <laughs> I'd be careful how you use it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good dicey. <laughs> okay. yeah, depends where, I suppose. Okay, yeah. Matt, um, can, before we go, can you just like plug your stuff? Like, I don't, don't want to get it wrong. No, don't worry about it. Um, Really, the easiest way to find the show is to visit the website, which is just southhamptondelivery.com. It's two L's in delivery. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at S-F-C-D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. Um, but I'm, more importantly, thank you guys for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You guys came on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's always fun to talk to you, and it's always an enjoyable listen, and I appreciate you guys uh, you know, doing the show each and every week and, and making it a point. Uh, to get together because I know you guys are friends from from before and so it's nice to to know that you guys are getting together and getting to uh, you know talk to each other just because otherwise it, it doesn't happen as a as a guy I've had a, the same best friend since kindergarten and we up until recently went months without talking to each other just because life gets in the way and so I think it's important that you guys do it and I am happy to be able to uh, to listen in on the conversation so I uh, thank you guys for having me on and uh, please keep keep it up and. Uh, and yeah, and we'll hopefully we'll we'll get you back on the the other side oh, not too long. So it, the the honour is is on us because I know how busy you are, especially like getting up at so early, and you've already done recorded your show today as well. So all the effort that you put in, it's you know it makes us want to do it as well. So thank you for coming on. It's it's amazing. Oh, no, my pleasure. Yeah, cheers for um, returning the favour, and it's yeah been an absolute pleasure to talk to you again. And, uh, yeah, I can't, can't wait to, to hear from you again. Yeah, well, whenever you guys, whenever you guys want, just let me know. I'm uh, oh, Skype call away. <laughs> We're here every week. <laughs> cool. And on that note, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.